This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Khaliqil wujudi min al adam. Waja'ilin nuri min al bulam. Wa mukhrijis sabri min al alam. Famulkit tawbati ala al nadam. Fanashkuruhu ala al masaibi. Kama nashkuruhu ala al niam. ونصلي على رسوله الأكرم ذي الشرف الأشم والنور الأتم والكتاب المحكم وكمال النبيين والخاتم سيد ولد آدم الذي بشر به عيسى بن مريم ودعا لبعثته إبراهيم عليه السلام حين كان يرفع قواعد بيت الله المحرم فصلى الله عليه وسلم وعلى أتباعه خير الأمم الذين بارك الله بهم كافة الناس العرب منهم والعجم الحمد لله الذي لم يتخذ ولدا ولم يكن له شريك في الملك ولم يكن له ولي من الذل وكبره تكبيرا والحمد لله الذي أنزل على عبده الكتاب ولم يجعل له عوجا والحمد لله الذي نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمد عبد الله ورسوله أرسله الله تعالى بالهدى ودين الحق ليظهره على الدين كله وكفى بالله شهيدا فصلى الله عليه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وإن شر الأمور محدثاتها وإن كل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار قال الله عز وجل في كتابه الكريم بعد أن أقول أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم ما أصاب من مصيبة إلا بإذن الله ومن يؤمن بالله يهدي قلبه والله بكل شيء عليم وأطيع الله وأطيع الرسول فإن توليتم فإنما على رسولنا البلاغ المبين الله لا إله إلا هو وعلى الله فليتوكل المؤمنون يا أيها الذين آمنوا إن من أزواجكم وأولادكم عدوا لكم فاحذروهم وإن تعفوا وتصفحوا وتغفروا فإن الله غفور رحيم إنما أموالكم وأولادكم فتنة والله عنده أجر عظيم فاتقوا الله ما استطعتم واسمعوا وأطيعوا وأنفقوا خيرا لأنفسكم ومن يوق شح نفسه فأولئك هم المفلحون إن تقرضوا الله قرضا حسنا يضاعف لكم ويغفر لكم والله شكور حليم عالم الغيب والشهادة العزيز الحكيم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وأحلل عقدة من لساني يفقه قولي واللهم ثبتنا عند الموت بلا إله إلا الله واللهم اجعلنا من الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر آمين يا رب العالمين أما بعد Typically when I give khutbah in the half hour or less that I share something with you from Allah's book I try to focus attention on an ayah or part of an ayah and just the series of khutbahs we completed over the last few weeks, we were focused on a single ayah of the Qur'an in Surah Al-Nahl. But this is an opportunity to also share with you that there are uh, different dimensions of studying the Qur'an. And to give you an analogy before I talk about those dimensions, um, if, if a photographer goes to a beautiful place and they see a valley, right, they can take out their camera and they can capture the mountains, they can capture the greenery, they can capture the clouds, the snow on top of the mountains, maybe a waterfall, all of it in one shot, right? So there's this incredible landscape, all of it captured in a single picture. And then the photographer can take pause and sit, kneel over and he sees one flower, right? And he can zoom in and have this kind of, you know, focused lens 
that can highlight the colors and the contrast and the lines on a single petal of a flower and take two very different pictures and they're both extremely beautiful. But one of them took a step back and looked at the larger view, right? And it was remarkable. And then the other looked so zoomed in that even the human eye can't zoom that much in, but the camera lens can. And it looks inside and it sees something remarkably beautiful also. So there's the micro view, the zoomed in view, and there's the macro view, there's the, the bigger picture view, and they're both valuable. Um, the Quran is like that. So when you're, when you're studying the Quran, you can actually dive deep into the study of a single word. And it's very enriching. You'll learn a lot from that. Or to stay on an ayah and contemplate an ayah, you learn so much from it. But if that's all you do, then you lose sight of the fact that there's a painting being painted. There's, there's a tapestry. There's an entire view that you're missing out on. Now, each one of them has a compromise because when you zoom in, then you don't see the bigger picture. And when you see the bigger picture, you don't you miss out on the finer details, right? But at the same time, if you're aware that both of those approaches exist, then you can take advantage of both and appreciate, at least get a taste of both. And so today's khutbah is a little bit different because I'm giving myself, you know, reviving in myself and hopefully in, in many of you, a taste of how things come together, how Allah is presenting not just a statement or a phrase, but He's actually giving us a speech. He's giving us a mawidah, a council. And a council is made up of several statements that are all linked to each other, and he's making a point. So each ayah has a point, each phrase inside the ayah has a point, but they all, they, they all together also have a point. And um, I thought that a really beautiful place that I wanted to share, actually first I thought I should share one ayah with you from this passage of Surah Al-Taghabun. Uh, surah Al-Taghabun is the 64th surah of the Qur'an. And the ayah that I wanted to share with you, or the two ayat that I wanted to share with you, are uh, rather difficult to understand at face value. They're 14 and 15. They can be misunderstood easily. Um, but I, then I decided, let's go back and kind of look at the entire passage. So what I'm going to try to do in this short khutbah is talk to you about ayahs number 11 all the way to the end of the surah, which is 18. So that's unusual for me to do in a khutbah, but seven, you know, eight ayat together, inshallah, is what we're going to try to look at. No calamity strikes of any nature, that anything that ever strikes you in life, hits you in life, never would that ever happen except by Allah's permission. So now, first thing first, we recognize that every difficulty, and isaba in Arabic can be used for difficulty, but the Quran redefines it. So uh, it uses in Surah Tawbah the word musiba for good or bad. In other words, everything that strikes you isn't bad. Some things, good things come your way. But anything that's come your way, anything that's hit you in life, any incident you've gone through, any pain that's come your way, any pleasure that's come your way, all of it has actually come from Allah Himself. It's Allah's permission for that arrow to be released to hit you. That, and without that permission, it would not have happened. So it's part of Allah's plan. That had to happen. That was part of the plan. Now, وَمَنْ يُؤْمِنْ بِاللَّهِ And whoever can have faith in Allah, whoever were to believe in Allah, يَهْدِ قَلْبَهُ Allah will guide his heart. Now there's a lot that can be said about this ayah on its own, but I'll highlight one thing of the many things we can learn from this ayah. And that is sometimes you're hit with a situation and you don't know what to do. You're in a, you're in a bind. Do I, do I stay or do I leave? Do I say something or do I not say something? Do I come or do I go? What do I do? What action do I take? And you're caught. 
And Allah says something remarkable. When you're stuck in a calamity and you hold on to your iman in Allah, you decide to remember Allah at that time. You decide to have intimate conversation with Allah and Allah alone at that time. You restore your faith. So it's not, min billah is not just whoever it happens to be a believer, but you don't think of belief as something you already have and now it's in your pocket and you walk around with it. Iman is something that you have to restore. You have to polish. You have to revisit. You have to bring it to life again. And so in the ayah, it's as if when you're stuck and I'm stuck in a calamity or we're, we're hit with something new or something difficult and it's overbearing on us and we have to, we keep thinking about fixing that problem, right? And Allah says, when you're stuck in a calamity like that, think about fixing your iman. Think about restoring your connection to iman, which seems unrelated because, you know, here you have a situation, you're confused about what to do. I don't know how to handle this. And Allah is saying, how about you restore your faith? How about you turn towards me? Why? What, but how's that going to help me with this? Allah answers in the ayah, Yahdi qalbahu. Allah will guide his heart. Whoever restores their faith or has faith, Allah will guide their heart. And what does that mean? That means that Allah, Allah didn't say, whoever has iman in Allah, their difficulty will be over. He didn't say that. He didn't say whoever has difficulty with Allah, the trial, the musibah will go away. The, the, the calamity will go away. Or whatever hit you will go away. No, Allah said, good or bad, whatever's hit you, if you can remember Allah and you can restore your faith in Allah, then Allah will guide your heart, which also means Allah will guide your heart on how to handle this. What to do, what not to do, what actions to take, what actions not to take. Which is the most powerful thing a human being can have. Sometimes we don't know how to make the right choice. We don't know which way to go. And we turn to others for counsel. And we say, what do you think I should do? Right? And that's an important part of living. We take counsel from parents or loved ones, spouses, sometimes even children. We take counsel from those we trust. And we say, what, what would you do in this situation? What would you have me do? What do you help me think through this? Because I'm too clouded by my emotions or too caught up in the problem to be able to think for myself. So I need an outside help. And this is actually amruhum shura bainahum. It's something recommended in the Quran. Allah says their decision making is after cons consulting with each other. And that's a very multi-layered statement also in the Quran. But here Allah says, but you can, you can get people's help. You can talk to a thousand people about whatever issue and get whatever advice. And every time you talk to somebody, you get a different kind of advice. And momentarily you're like, yeah, I think I should do that. But then 20 minutes later, your heart's like, no, we're not going to do that. And then you go seek somebody else's counsel and they give you some advice. You say, yeah, I think you're right. But then you leave there and you're like, ah, I can't do it. Because your heart's not settled on it. What does Allah say? If you restore your faith in Allah, Allah will guide that person's heart. Your heart will be content with a choice. And that choice will be inspired by Allah. Allah will intervene in your situation. So what, a, what an amazing thing to say, huh? So, And Allah is fully knowledgeable of all things. You see, when you tell your problem to somebody else, then they understand things from your point of view. But your story, whatever problem you're going through, has other actors, other characters. And they've got their point of view. But when I share my story, I can only share my point of view, which make, can make me look better and make them look worse. Or I can only consider so many factors. I can't consider the... Because con one action has multiple consequences, right? One action I take can affect myself. It can affect one family member, another family member. It can affect my neighborhood. It can affect the business. It can affect so many, affect so many things. Who is the only one who knows this one choice that I make? What effects will it have? And how will I be safe from the harm that may come from any of its effects? That can only be Allah. When Allah says He knows everything, 
You see, when we're caught up, we can't think about the consequences. We just want to get out of a problem and make a choice. And sometimes we make impulsive choices without Allah's guidance. Allah says, whoever has faith in Allah, Allah will guide his heart. What this also means is, then when you have faith in Allah, you'll open up Allah's book. You'll turn to Allah's Messenger And you'll find the answer for what you were looking for in the most unexpected place. Because you came with a heart seeking to believe in Allah and seeking for a solution from Allah. And Allah's book will just open itself up to you. You'll come to it and Allah will tell you exactly what you needed to hear. Then he says, Rasul. And this is one continuous conversation, like I keep saying, right? So what does that mean? Allah is not giving Allah is now giving us counsel in one way of how to carry ourselves to deal with a difficult situation. Whether that situation is because of the environment or because of a person, that doesn't matter. It's a, a difficult situation is a difficult situation. Now, he says, and obey Allah and obey the messenger. What does that have to do with anything? Well, it has to do with everything. Because when we're hit with problems and we're trying to find solutions, sometimes those solutions are disobedience to Allah. And they're disobedience to the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The previous ayah said, have faith in Allah. And you say, yeah, I have faith in my heart, but I still want to do some haram stuff to get out of this problem. But I'll keep making dua. So iman is over here, but I'll, I'll keep my faith and keep making dua and even crying. Ya Allah, I'm sorry, so sorry, I'm about to do some really haram stuff. <laughs> no, Allah says, obey Allah and obey the messenger. When you're going to deal with a crisis, you will make the crisis worse because right now you're getting trouble from people. You're getting trouble from people that Allah allowed them to give you some trouble in life so you can deal with it and navigate it. But once you fail that test and you start disobeying Allah, now it's not people that are displeased. Now it's Allah that's displeased. Now it's not people that are disappointed. It's Allah's Prophet that's disappointed, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That's a bigger problem. Then if you turn away, then the only responsibility on our messenger is to communicate clearly. So his job is only to give the clear communication and the communication that clarifies. Again, a very powerful statement. Allah is saying sometimes when we are in difficult circumstances and we know what Allah want, would want us to do. Maybe we realize we're in this situation to begin with because we disobeyed Allah and his messenger. And now to get out of this situation, we better now obey Allah and obey Allah's Messenger But obeying Allah and obeying Allah's Messenger is not always easy. Sometimes it takes a lot to overcome your own self to obey Allah. Ob overcome your own fears, overcome your own anger, overcome your own grief. Sometimes it takes a lot to face people because in order to obey Allah, you might have to be in a very confrontational situation. It's not an easy thing to do to just obey Allah. So a person, when they realize that obeying Allah is going to put me in the hot seat, which is going to create a new set of problems, you say to yourself, no thanks, I already got enough problems. I don't need a new set of problems just because I'm trying to obey Allah and obey the Messenger. And Allah makes it very clear, you're going to have to make a choice. Do you trust me that the way I'm telling you is going to have you go through your problems and you'll see through them and Allah will guide your heart? Or do you trust yourself more than you trust me and my messenger? Because at the end of the day, we're going to go with who we trust, right? If you trust your own self, your own gut feelings, even if they're going against Allah and His messenger, you'll go with it. That's what you'll do. And Allah says, I won't force you. 
Our messenger's only responsibility is to let you know clearly what you must do. What this also means timelessly is the choices we're going to make, the answer, what choice should we be making, how is Allah guiding our hearts, but something given to the Prophet ﷺ for the entire Ummah until Judgment Day. So even if the Prophet ﷺ is physically not here with us, that we can go to him and say, Ya Rasulullah ﷺ, I have this problem, this situation, help me. His words and the revelation he was given, timelessly a gift to this Ummah. We can go back to it and we'll find the answer and Allah is holding us to that and saying, I, that's been clearly communicated to you, whether you want to listen to it and ignore it, or you want to take it and, and you know, hold on to it and deal with whatever that, that comes. Whatever that comes, can come. That's a choice you have. فَإِنَّمَا عَلَىٰ رَسُولِنَا الْبَلَاهُ الْمُبِينَ اللَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا هُوَ وَعَلَى اللَّهِ فَلْيَتَوَكَّلِ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ Then Allah says, Allah, no one is to be worshipped. Or obeyed in any way, shape, or form. No one is to be loved and adored in any way, shape, or form the way he is. Illahua, except him. And on Allah alone should believers place their entire trust. Now, you saw an ayah about putting faith in Allah. Then you saw an ayah about obeying Allah and obeying the Messenger. Then you see an ayah about believing in Allah as the only one, La ilaha illahua, and trusting Him completely. What does that mean? When you obey me, Trust me, I will be on your side. When you obey me completely, trust me, I am the only one who can see you through your problems. What you have in your head is, as the solution is not the solution. What I'm giving you, Allah is telling us, that's the solution. Learn to trust me. And those who believe, okay, fine, you have faith in Allah, that it came from Allah, yes. The problem came from Allah is only half the faith. The only one who can get me out of this problem is Allah, is the, the other half. And the only way he'll get me out of it is if I continue to obey Allah and obey the Messenger, or if I choose now, even if I've been in disobedience, I migrate to obeying Allah and obeying the Messenger, then he's going to get me out of my problem. You know, it could be somebody has a job where they're making, it's a difficult economy right now, right? It's hard to get jobs, but somebody found a job. And then they figure out that the job isn't exactly halal. And, or maybe they realize that even during the interview process, this isn't exactly halal. But then they're like, mm, well, okay, maybe it's haram, but we'll, it's just a temporary haram. By next Ramadan, I'll be out of it. Right? So they tell themselves whatever, and they just get the job. At least it's paying the bills. And now when they are in that situation, they put themselves in that situation, their conscience keeps poking at them. And maybe they start seeing new problems in their life they never saw before. Because there's no blessings in the money that's being earned. When the money being earned, earned is coming from a haram source. It's coming from a source Allah doesn't bless. Then the food you buy from it, the groceries you get from it, the rent you pay from it with it, right? For the apartment. That rent, that apartment has more fights in it than peace. That food gives you more indigestion than, than nutrition. Nothing has blessings in it. Things are going wrong all the time. You, you start seeing, you have to take a step back and say, what am I doing wrong that blessings have been removed? Allah doesn't punish people. But there's, 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 like there's natural law, there's spiritual law. Naturally, when you, when you eat poison, your body gets poisoned. When you consume what is spiritually poisonous, your life gets poisoned. That's just what happens. So you have to ask yourself, what am I doing? Whose right did I take? What did I not do? Maybe somebody just decided not to give zakat, even though they should be giving zakat. Or maybe somebody owed to pay back and they, they can pay the loan back and they still didn't pay it back. They did something wrong with money. 
and we think we can get other things with that money and our life will be better. Whatever things you get is not going to get better. It's only going to get worse. So at that point, you and I have to realize maybe this money is better to let go. Maybe I need to come back. I actually certainly need to come back to obeying Allah and obeying the messenger and this problem will disappear. And then people will come and say to you, but where? How are you going to pay the bills? How are you going to do this? Where are you going to do that? Okay, I get it. Obey Allah and the messenger. But come on, get realistic. And Allah says, yes, trust yourself. Trust what people say. But more than anything else, trust Allah. Allahu la ilaha illahu Now the ayah I was going to tell you about. Those of you who have faith, there's no doubt about it. From among your spouses and your children, there are enemies for you. What? Did I just say that? From among your spouses and your children, there are enemies for you. Is the next ayah. Believers, listen up. This is in Medina. The Prophet ﷺ is in Medina. There are people that are sitting in the audience that have fought the enemy in Makkah. And they fought them in the battle of Badr. They fought them in the battle of Uhud. And now an ayah comes, they're sitting and the Prophet ﷺ is reciting this ayah to them. And among your spouses and your children, there are enemies. And they're the enemy? Are the enemies on the battlefield? They're the ones who are putting idols at the Kaaba. They're the ones who do shirk with Allah. They're the ones who try to kill Allah's messenger. How can my wife and my children be my enemy? He didn't say all of them. He said among them are those that are enemies for you. So he didn't say all of you have families in which there is animosity, but some of you are harboring enemies. And azwaj actually can be used for husbands and wives. So it's a bad translation to say, oh, believers, your wives and children are enemies. Or some of your wives and children. Are, no, some of your husbands are enemies too. And your children are enemies too. So how are they enemies? When... You cross Allah's lines because you hate someone. Right? When you cross Allah's lines because you hate someone out of animosity, that's not acceptable. But when you disobey Allah and disobey the messenger or trust those that you love more than you trust Allah and you trust the messenger, when you want to make your spouse and your children happy while you are okay with making Allah what? Unhappy. When you put them in a place that only belongs to Allah. When absolute obedience starts going to the spouse and the child, even at the expense of obedience to Allah, then even though you love them and they love you, and you hug them and they hug you, and you eat with them and they eat with you, even though you live your lives together, you're living under the same roof. You protect them, they protect you, they become enemies. Physically, no. Nobody's trying to kill nobody. This is not an ayah about when you go home, make sure there's no dagger under the pillow. It's not that. That's not what this ayah is about. This ayah is about spiritual animosity. What's the treasure that Allah gave in this ayah? Faith. In these ayat. Faith. Reliance on Allah. When you create an environment in the family where obedience to Allah, reliance on Allah, dealing with a crisis and turning back to Allah, those things are being pulled away. They're being pulled away. And they're being pulled away by, by, by spouse or child then they are becoming a kind of enemy. Well, if they're an enemy, then we should fight them. Because the rest of the ayah should be, well, if they are your enemy, now that you know that they're your enemy, sharpen your swords. Or get away from them at least. Because they're, you know, they're the enemy. What does Allah say? Then be careful of them. Watch out for them. Fa inna Allah 
And if you do, in fact, lovingly forgive, overlook, tasfahu, tasfahu safaha means to turn the page, meaning they messed up or they said something outrageous, even outrageous that takes you away from your faith. And they said those kinds of things, but you're able to turn the page. Now, this is already really getting really hard. So there's a family that even Allah declares can be like an enemy or be an enemy. And then Allah says to you and me, if you can pardon, and if you can turn the page, and then what what and you can cover up for them. So there's three words for forgiveness being used in one ayah. There's no ayah like the in the Quran like that, where multiple words for one act, which is forgiveness, is being used over and over again. Because when Allah says lovingly pardon, ta'fu, it's a word for forgiveness at the end. Tasfahu, turn the page, let it go, bury the hatchet, whatever phrases people use. Punjabi people say, Mitti pao. Mitti pao khulle khau, right? That's, that's what they say. Just, you know, put, put dirt on it, you know? So there are different expressions for it. Just let it go, move on, right? Which is again forgiveness, isn't it? And then he says, wa taghfiru. And, and that's maghfirah is the common word for forgiveness. Actually, literally means to cover, to cover it up. Turn the page, cover it up, as if there was no, nothing turned either. Now the whole thing, the imagery of turning the page means you can't see what's on the previous page. Which means the kind of forgiveness where you don't bring it up. Remember in 1997 when I forgave you? You already turned the page. You already turned the page. But the ayah has this remarkable contrast. It started with some people in your family, your spouses and your children and your enemies. Watch out for them. Okay, I'm on guard. And then he says, and if you can lovingly pardon and turn the page and forgive, cover up for them. Cover for them too. فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ غَفُورٌ رَحِيمٌ And certainly Allah is extremely forgiving, always loving and caring. What, how do we understand this? How do we make sense of this ayah? Because it's giving us two very different pictures. And they're going in two very different directions. Being careful of an enemy is not lovingly forgiving an enemy. Those are two different things. You don't know if they're carrying a sword behind their hand and you come and give them a hug and that's the last thing you ever do. So how do you reconcile? And that's, I was going to go through the whole rest of the surah, but maybe inshallah next khutbah. But I'll, I'll tell you at least this much for now. Our families can be the most massive trial. They can be the most difficult trial. It can come from any direction. And it can be a trial from the people you love the most. They don't even have to be abusive to you for them to be a trial for you. But even if they are abusive, even if they are abusive, you know the difference between someone who lost their cool or who made a mistake once or at a certain event or at a certain moment. But that's not their nature. You know who they really are. And what anger does is anger wants us to look at someone and remember their worst moment. And that's all you remember about them. Like your picture of them is you, how you think of that person, that spouse of yours or that child of yours is the worst thing they ever did. That's the picture in your head. By the way, there's another delusional side too. When people are so in love, they, they overlook all the horrible. And they only see the good. The one good thing that happened in 1983, they remember. And that's the picture in their head. And they, this, this person can get away with murder after that. And that's all they see. Right? Allah is first telling us, when someone is bad to you, recognize it. When someone's not okay, not, not doing right by you, then you should know. You should be careful. So the eye open, not delusional, the eyes open reality 
Is this person really abusive? Was that a one-time thing? Is this a serial habit? Is that just in their nature to be this way? Is that just something they keep on doing over and over again for years and years and years? If that's the case, be careful. But, but, now here's the thing, here's the part. When that person changes, because change is possible. Every human being can change. And if that person changes and you're smart enough to know that it's not an artificial change, because artificial change means, I'm so sorry, I'm never going to do it again, I feel really bad. And you're like, okay, okay, yes, yes, I forgive you. I, Allah says I forgive you. Allah says to forgive, so I forgive you. And then two weeks later, they're exactly in the same place again. No sorry at all. Right? And they're, they're even worse offenders than before. Then you know that there's a serial habit of telling you what you need to hear to get you to put your guard down. But if you're careful, with the word fahdaruhum is pivotal here. If you're, if you're watchful, then you know where people stand. Then you have a pretty good gauge. And when you genuinely do see someone make a change, when you genuinely do see someone is remorseful and they've changed their ways, then it's okay to let go of that image of them as a vengeful person or an evil person or someone who did a lot of evil or bad. It's okay to let that go. And it's okay if they're asking for forgiveness that you can pardon them, that you can turn the page. This is not about people who curse you and then you say, well, Allah says forgive, so I'm going to forgive. I didn't ask for your forgiveness yet, but I'm obeying Allah. No, you don't forgive someone who doesn't want forgiveness. You don't turn the page for someone who's burning the book. That's not what this is. This cannot be put to misuse. Allah is not asking us to be passive and people can walk all over you, whether even their family, and you just forgive. No, no, no. But if they want to make serious reconciliation, they want to make things right. And you still feel that there is room to make things right, even though they've been really bad. So bad that even Allah called them enemy. But you genuinely see that they've made a change. Then if you pardon and forgive and don't bring it up again, because Allah has put that behind them. Allah says, فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ غَفُورَ رَحِيمٌ Then certainly Allah is forgiving. If Allah can forgive that, and if Allah can forgive serious, sincere tawbah, then maybe I can make room in it too. The last thing I share with you before I let you guys go about this ayah, not the rest of the surah, just this ayah, is don't misunderstand. Allah didn't command you and me to forgive in this ayah. It's so amazing. They are enemies for you, watch out for them. That was actually an instruction, watch out for them. That was, that was advice, watch out for them. And then he said, if you forgive in three different ways, then Allah is forgiving too. What, you know what that means? If you take that choice, that you decide to forgive them, it's a choice you have. And it may be a very hard choice, but if you make that choice sensibly, even though it's extremely difficult to make that choice, then Allah recognizes that you have done something amazing and maybe Allah will reward you with ultimate forgiveness. Maybe that'll be your reward. You won't be punished for not forgiving, but you may be greatly rewarded for forgiving and for making things right. So it's this, the, the balance between those two has been struck. And where did I start this khutbah today? No difficulty strikes you except by Allah's Permission. No calamity strikes you, right? And a few ayat later, Allah could have talked about any kind of calamity. He could have talked about sickness, 
or death, or he could talk to, talked about war. He could talk. He could have talked about any kind of major trial, but he decided that in this remarkable surah, Surah Taghabun, that he will give us, he will articulate to us a trial like no other trial, the trial that comes from loved ones, the trial comes that comes from spouses and children. It's a very difficult trial. Even Allah recognizes things can get so bad that they become an enemy. But even then, Allah says, there may be a way back. There may be a way back. And He doesn't guarantee there's a way back. Because you have to have the sense to know whether there's a way back or not. right? You have to decide that yourself. And how will you know the questions that somebody might ask by the time they get there? How do you know that they're not really an enemy? How do you know that there is a way back? How do you know that forgiveness is going to work out? Well, here's a, here's a hint. A couple of ayat ago, whatever calamity strikes, what should you do if you don't know what to do? Restore your faith in Allah, Allah will guide your heart. If, you're, if your heart is constantly consumed with anger and memories of what went wrong and you know the need for justice and somehow delivering pain, where's your iman? Then you, your heart isn't busy with Allah, it's busy with this person. And it's never going to solve anything. Take your heart back to Allah and maybe the guidance from Allah will be you need to leave. Maybe the guidance from Allah will be here's how you need to make reconciliation. I don't know. That's, that's coming from Allah. Yahdi qalbahu. Wallahu bi kulli shay'in alim. Allah is the one who knows everything. So it's, a, it's an incredibly cohesive. This is what I wanted to show you, right? Sometimes you look at one ayah and you get something. But when you look at the, at, at least this time half a passage, then you see more and you see how things are tying together and how Allah's counsel you know, everything is weaved together and you get so much more out of that in this way too. Barakallahu li wa lakum fil Qur'an al-Hakim wa nafa'ani wa iyaakum bil-ayati wa dhikr al-Hakim. Alhamdulillahi wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi al-ladhina astafa khususan ala afdalihim wa khatam al-nabiyyin Muhammadin al-Amin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. قال الله عز وجل في كتابه الكريم بعد أن أقول أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد عباد الله رحمكم الله اتقوا الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر ولا ذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون أقم الصلاة إن الصلاة كانت على المؤمنين كتابا موقوتا